Welcome to the Philippe Matthews Show at thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is the creator of the How Movement, dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to the mindset of why not. Tune in right now to this latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show and watch your life grow. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Philippe Matthews Show. I have uh, I have a firecracker on the show today. We've got the Renegade uh, Executive uh, and Business Coaching uh, with Renegade Leaders, a Fortune 500 corporation, privately owned businesses and nonprofits. She is a driven leader. Uh, in the field uh, and help CEOs, entrepreneurs, and managers engage their teams. Uh, and she is just absolutely awesome. Thank you for being with me today, dear. Great to be with you. Wish I, wish I was out your way, though, in California instead of being on the rainy East Coast. Oh, is it raining over there? Yes. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, call it liquid sunshine. How about that? <laughs> we'll change the paradigm. So talk to me about uh, this book, and congratulations, by the way, on all the success of The Renegade Leader. Uh, it is nine success strategies driven leaders use to ignite people's performance and profits. Uh, this book uh, was one of the gifts that was given uh, at the 2012 Emmys. Is that correct? Yes, it was. Yes, I have, and I have great pictures with the actors to to prove it. And I, I just wish I was there instead of the, uh, instead of ah, just the book. Ah, <laughs> ah, 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 I would I would have liked to have taken some photos yeah, myself. Well, you know, just, <laughs> maybe Denzel could have taken you home. Who knows? But, uh, <laughs> uh, so, so how did that come about? Because you can't get much bigger than that, right? Yes, well, they were they were looking for some selective, you know, authors to be able to have some books there in the in the goodie bag, and I was just, you know, so excited that the some of the actors that were really went and grabbed it right away were, you know, people from Glee and, <laughs> you know, pe- people that you might say that were, yeah, these they have a renegade attribute to them. I could see why they would want that book in their hand. That's incredible. How did you get this name, uh, the Renegade Leader? Well, it's it's kind of funny. It's um it actually was one of those download types of things. I was thinking about the the title for the book and also, you know, recrafting my business as well at the same time. And, you know, it, it was whispered in my ear, honestly, is all that I can say. And I called, I was on the phone with one of the CEOs that I coach and I told him I was thinking about naming the book that and there was total silence on the other end of the phone. God help me, I thought I had offended the man so dearly. Because <laughs> he was not known to be silent at all. And in a very quiet voice, he said, that's perfect. That totally describes me. And then wow. I knew I was on the right track. Nice, nice. So so what's the definition? What is uh, a renegade leader and, and what does it take to become one? Well, a renegade leader is somebody who is driven and it doesn't matter, you know, I, lo- I like your mantra about, you know, finding the, the how and why not me. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, so a renegade leader, despite whatever circumstances they come from, does you know figure out how to claw their way to the front of the line for whatever it is that they're looking to do, and you know, and also wants to distinguish themselves from the pack. And that that means you know it's easy to blend in, but it's better to stand out. You know, to take a stand, be on your convictions, and I think a lot of people are kind of quiet these days and just kind of molding into the status quo. And so, what it takes to to be one is. Those people who not only have those thoughts but put some action behind it and go towards their dreams, their vision, you know, whatever it is that they want. Uh, I so appreciate that because I do consider myself to be somewhat of a renegade uh, and, uh, you know, a little boisterous about what I do and why I do it. Uh, uh, Do you feel that, you know, when we think of renegade leaders, that, uh, uh, you know, our leaders of the past, we could use Donald Trump as an example, right? Uh, you know, here, here, here's a guy that uh, is in your face. Now, of course, we know he's not the only billionaire real estate owner uh, in the world, uh, but it, clearly he's the loudest. Uh, so when you talk about renegade leading, are you talking about um, being an, a different or differentiating yourself at that level? or somewhere in between? Well, great question. And and certainly I will say that a number of the renegades that I work with, you know, do have some rough edges because they're so passionate about what they want to achieve. And sometimes that means that they forget (laughs) in their passion and might stumble over some people on the way. But that, Mm -hmm. that that's, again, where my role comes in, you know, how to get them to wherever they're wanting to go, but also to do it in a way of collaboration, you know, good, effective communication, employee engagement if they're the business owners. So it's so they do have, you know, that an edge of that attitude of it's, go, it's going to happen and I'm just going to figure out how to get there, but it's not necessarily, you know, an offensive edge. But it is, I mean, it does take something to get to the front of the line. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. And so you talk so, about some of those qualities that it does take to get, to the front of the line because I think it's obviously a mindset, but yeah, there are some distinct characteristics that if you'd like to share, uh, what would what would that look like? What would those be? Well, I mean, sometimes it's, it's figuring it out yourself. Honestly, I mean, I I came from a a um, you know a, a divorced family that didn't really plan that you know anyone was going to college or having a future or what have you. I don't know mm-hmm. what they thought, mm-hmm. but I was determined. You know, I was going to figure out and somehow make that path for myself and and to do so. And so it, sometimes it's figure it's figuring it out and sometimes because you, you can't see what's at the end of your nose is to find the resources that you need, the mentors that you need. You know, success always leaves clues. So really, you know, you if you follow along with somebody, somebody else is doing, you're probably going to end up at the same destination. And I think it also takes, you know, belief in yourself, even when mm-hmm. the road is hard, even when the climb gets tough, to just know that you're advancing. And more importantly, and I think this really relates for women, I've been doing some interviews with women executives, and one thing that they told me that they wish they had known along the way that it was okay to to make mistakes and to fail forward is what I call mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, cause sometimes it's just in the learning. There's always learning, no matter what circumstance you're going in. It's, it's standing back and saying, you know, how, this void might be my best value later on. I don't know Absolutely. what is learning in this. I like that. I like that. 
uh, you know, Steve Jobs. Uh, uh, yes. Very, very uh, vocal about feeling your way to success uh, and feeling publicly. Yes. Uh, uh, so, you know, obviously that is uh, a, a would-be someone described as a renegade leader. Uh, yeah. No question oh. about it. Uh, but that particular trait of being able to fail and being able to fail publicly uh, would be a, a, a would you say would be a renegade trait? Yes, well, willing to be able to take the the risk to move forward, even if the, if you're not assured of the success. And and yes, and to tell you the truth, I I finished the Steve Jobs books, and and I can't tell you how delighted I was with that big giant thick book. Um, to find out that he said that when they, you know, kind of went in the corner of the room to build the apple, that they were renegades. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's right. Uh, so this is this is exciting because I, I just really love the the brand and what you're doing and how uh, you are doing it. So talk to me then about I want to talk about some of the some of the processes that you uh, have uh, in the book. Uh, because obviously you are an executive coach uh, and you work with entrepreneurs and, and uh, obviously renegades. So in order to work with, and I'm thinking about myself and, and Bo, you have to be, uh, you have a background in psychology, I do believe. Is that right? Yes. So you're, you're, you're basically having to uh, be a shrink because, I mean, some of these people, we're kind of crazy. Uh, 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 we're we're a little we're a little out there. We're we're we see the world completely differently than what most people do. How do you blend uh, with such diverse, crazy uh, uh, personalities? Well, that that's the joy in my work, to tell you the truth. Is is you know, being first of all, being a coach, you can stand there without judgments. You know that you know any, people can tell me anything, and I can you know try and figure it out. But but the, where the psychology comes into play is, you know, understanding human dynamics and understanding, you know, when somebody tells me they're having a conflict with somebody, I'll ask them to describe that other person. And, and you know, in some abstract way, I can kind of profile what that other person really needed that they weren't getting from my coachee <laughs> and, how, mm-hmm. and how they both might have missed that communication you know, all together, and really, that's what it comes down to is communication. So, so the so the gift of not having to have any emotional spark about anything because I'm just the outsider, um, yet to be able to provide you know honest feedback. You know, sometimes I call it the steel-toed boot that <laughs> has to come out when people are you know a little too rough around the edges, or if or if I see them getting getting tired on the sidelines and they need to get back in the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> uh, you talk about how to get your team uh, to buy into your vision, which I think is radically important, especially if you are um, starting your, you know, new to your to your business and you have a team. But even if you've had a team for quite some time and it's kind of grown stale, uh, you know, or routine, I should say. Uh, talk to us about how to do that. How do you how do you get buy-in from your team? Yes, and really, I see that as the most important part. And again, it comes back to communications because, you know, leadership is really about you know being able to pull together a group of people, you know, to be able to have a shared vision and all to see each other as a team working together. So, so you could, you know, lay out the best 
you know, business objective that you have. You could put the most money down in your marketing and everything else that you had. But if your team doesn't understand it or if they're not aligned with it because you, you know, stood up in the front of the room and and um, showed them the beautiful landscape that you painted and you didn't paint, give them any paintbrushes to add their own colors to the dream, they're not going to be as aligned. Right. So what it so what it comes down to is to, you know, to share the vision, to be able to say, this is what I'm thinking, you know, to say, what, you know, how could we even amp this up or make it better? Because really it's the people on the front lines that know what the customers need. It's people in mm-hmm. customer service that are hearing the complaints. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can, they can add to the vision. And, and honestly, a lot of CEOs get very afraid when I tell them that, <laughs> that, you know, because that's only going to delay the process if people have to have opinions. You know, so um, as as well as being transparent about where we stand, and especially sure. in hard hard times, a lot of businesses wanted to hide, um, you know, where they were standing financially or in the market or what have you. But the they, you know, there's a lot of studies out there that today's workforce wants open communication. They want to know, you know, what decisions are being made that affect their work and why, and they want to have a they want to have a voice. Well, you bring up a good point. How, uh, which would kind of spark this question: How 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 has social media, in your opinion, uh, impacted or changed the landscape of of leadership? Well, I think it it has in a number of ways. I mean, first of all, I think that because people can readily have an opinion out there that will drown your company <laughs> and, and and do heavy damage that right. you better be you better be really watching you know what people are saying but more importantly I, this is where it is about building the loyalty and the engagement and the alliance of your employees because they're the ones that are having the impact on what on a customer that ultimately could be saying something on social media, mm-hmm. and I also think it's really important the executives that I work with I talk about not only having a brand for the company, but having a brand for themselves. You know, as well as if you're you know an employee where your car is parked in the deepest end of the parking lot in the morning and you come in, mm. you know, to, to, you're you're I don't care if you're in a giant corporate building to think of yourself as self-employed. So you have to have your own brand too, and part of establishing a brand is what's on your social media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. So uh, uh, I think that that's kind of like a uh, a global empowerment um, uh, viewpoint for the culture of, of of a particular company. I think that's great. Yes. Yes. There was a some some survey out there. I forget what it is. Honestly, right now, I wish I had it, but. It says like, do you exist? Was it, it rates where you know how much social media do you have out there? And if you don't have enough, it gives you this report back that you really don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's painful. That's painful. Um, <laughs> now you have obviously. Is there any type of uh, similarity between the leaders that? Uh, they're having a problem, and is there any type of problem that, uh, you know, you, you keep hearing time and time again that uh, has become, uh, you know, uh, pretty pretty linear and, it's like, it happens with every leader? Is there something out there that you keep hearing from each leader? Yes, I'd actually say there's a couple of things, and, and they both come down to perception and communication. First, first of all, I I have boxes of Q-tips 
that I keep around because I hand them out to people with the quit taking it personally, you get a Q-tip <laughs> landed on your desk to remind people because we all have filters of our life experiences. So when somebody tells us something, you know, we go into that file drawer to determine if it's good, bad, or indifferent. Mm-hmm. And if we could eliminate that and just hear it as information and quit taking it personally, it eliminates the emotional spark in a lot of conversations. And secondly, I I tend to teach a lot of coaching skills, which is about asking powerful questions because I find that a lot of leaders are reactive to information without even knowing what the other person's getting to. Mm-hmm. And also I teach them how to practice what I call tennis ball management, <laughs> which, mm. which, which is when somebody comes into your office and they want you to fix something for them, to be able to ask a powerful question back to them, a coaching question that empowers and enables that person to feel like maybe they could solve the problem. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. like to ask them, you know, well, well, what would you do first? Or, what you know, what do you think that we need to do instead of I'll handle it? And oh, it like empowers people. I like that. Now, something I heard you say, uh, and it's also, of course, a chapter in the book, uh, that you, you say listen to quiet, or unfamiliar voices, uh, which I just thought was awesome. Uh, but, of course, I read the book. What, <laughs> what does that mean uh, when someone hears that, to listen to quiet or unfamiliar voices? What, what, what were you trying to convey there? Well, we tend to pay attention to the people who speak around the conference room table. We almost come to rely that they're the ones that are going to provide the insight. And the meetings I sit in, I can almost like see that the heads gravitate to those ends, to those talkative people, mm-hmm. and completely ignore, you know, the quiet person. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so whereas the quiet person, and I've had clients like this that have really told me, you know, that they don't give a lot of information because they need to process things for a while or tool around and, and it's not that they don't have a, have brilliance, they just need a little bit more time or they don't feel safe enough to be able to share something in the room. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's another thing. If you're finding you're the only one talking and you're giving a lot of direction and your team is nodding their heads and going out the door, there's a huge safety issue there. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I would only suspect what the performance looks like. So the, so, the, so the quiet people do need to be drawn out. They do have something brilliant to share. I promise you that, you know, it's just taking those powerful questions, you know, saying, you know, Jim, you know, I know you're really, you know, good at, you know, figuring things out. What do you think about this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that. Now, you, you also say that um, you like to unleash the potential uh, of the people in in, in that business, uh, which, you know, sometimes sounds contraindicated, you know what I mean? Because it's like, well, the potential is in the, the actual idea of the company, but how am I releasing and why would I release the potential of the people within the company? And Talk to us about unleashing the potential of the people within well, often, oftentimes, I don't know, you know, a lot, a lot, one of my clients told me that what was most moving for her in our coaching that, that, you know, I held up some mirror to her so that she could finally see herself in the way that I saw her. Mm-hmm. And, and lots of times people, you know, miss their own brilliance because they're not being asked to really fully play, you know, full out in whatever they're doing 
or to or are you know try and show up as powerfully as they could, but they're pounded down in some way. And as one person said, they renegade beaten out of them by the system. <laughs> but 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 to be able to you know ask people to have creative minds, to be able to put their paintbrush on that canvas that we talked about with the with the vision, and to you know hold a space for them that even if they don't realize how powerful or creative um, that they might be you know, assume that they have that capacity. And if you hold mm-hmm. the space for them, they will open up to that and see it for mm-hmm. themselves. Uh, would that also uh, entail what you consider to be transparent communication? Well, yes, transparent communication is where you do share the good, the bad, and the ugly. But, you know, transparent communication is also, you know, pulling back the curtain and saying where the where the vision is and then asking others, you know, to amp, to amp it up, add to it, tell us what you think might be wrong with it, too, and to be able to hear the feedback. Uh, now, also, I read it, and I want to make sure I get this straight. You say it's important to notice and recognize achievements. Now, are you talking about achievements within the, within, uh, the organization, or are you talking about the achievements of the CEO or entrepreneur or business owner uh, which of the two are you talking about, and why is it important to recognize those achievements? No, this is this is a great question because I think it filters both ways. I mean, oftentimes we will recognize achievements of a of an organization. Actually, one of my clients is getting um, Business of the Year on May 20th with a big ceremony here. And however, it's also an organization that I talked to about, you know, recognizing the individual achievements of people and their first reaction was, well, you know, it's a down economy, we're short on funds, we don't can't do the types of things we used to do. And explaining to them that it's it's not that. Sometimes it's a, just a verbal, you know, thank you for showing up. Sometimes as I put in the book it's some of those things like a piece of gum on their desk. Thank you for sticking around late late last no, night to fine. work on the project. And, and it's those little things that amp up the, the performance of people, but even more importantly, it helps people to really feel validated in their jobs. And it's not surprising that this organization got their well-deserved, you know, business of the year because they changed their cult, their culture mm-hmm. to follow this the influence framework that's in the Renegade Leader. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you talk also about the culture of collaboration. Um, dig into that for me a little bit. Uh, how do you develop that? Uh, culture of collaboration because usually when we hear that level of, of that, that kind of terminology, we think of um, some of the you know younger tech companies that are you know ran by some of the younger uh, uh, CEOs that uh, everybody's running around on you know on, on ice skates or something yeah. uh, <laughs> playing basketball and they're all collaborating and running a multi-billion-dollar corporation. Uh, what is your take on that? Yes, and actually I wrote an article on, on this over the winter about if only every company could think like a big corporation and act like an entrepreneur. Because <laughs> it is, collaboration is that spirited, and which which comes, again, you know, from the transparent communication, sharing the, build, the vision, you know, building it together. And collaboration is not where, all right, this team is going to do this and this is what the manager is telling us to do, but instead is, of we have this project team, what's the best way to go around doing mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. having everyone contribute because when people contribute, they will actually make a faster timeline and build in greater efficiencies 
than being told how to do it. I mean, mm. if you think think of it this way, I mean, if somebody was working on a on a automotive production floor and all they did was put some screws into a door all day, but they never knew it was a jeep that was going to be going off roading on the beach or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, where's the fun? You know, you need to see the big picture to understand mm-hmm. the fun. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, how can people get in contact with you and download some, some uh, Deborah McLaughlin's Renegade Leadership? Yes. Um, my email is Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A, at therenegadeleader.com, and the website is therenegadeleader.com. And actually, I'm interviewing women right now for my run leadership across the country. <laughs> oh, that's going to be fantastic! I want yeah. you definitely to come back on the show and talk. Oh to you. yes, I've got I've got some deep secrets to reveal. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, that's running in high heels too. Oh my gosh, that's all. That's crazy. I'm loving that. I'm loving that. <laughs> that is incredible. Uh, what is the influence uh, network or framework rather? Well, the, those are those those nine categories, and we talked about some of them from, you know, inspired leadership and nourishing trust all the way to, you know, collaboration, transparent communication. That Those are the nine pillars that kind of are, build out your architectural frame for a culture mm-hmm. that's of high performance, productivity, and more importantly to me is positivity in the workplace. Um, and as a matter of fact, I think one of them is uh, you talk about the need to create a Spark. Um, yeah. What 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 do you mean by that? The need to create a spark. Well, it, well, it is about igniting igniting a you know a spark in your organization about you know really getting people you know excited again, allowing the brilliance in everyone, and you know and one of, and one of the pillars is also you know enjoying and respecting diversity. You know, I find you know diversity of cross generations, you know diversity of ethnicity. I mean, really understanding the richness of the fabric that that can bring to an organization, and embellishing that in your organization, and that's, you know, it's you know, colleges do this where they really create the spark of, you know, cross-cultural training by, you know, if somebody comes from a different country that nobody else is there, they, you know, have in my son's college, you know, the food of that country to, and that educational piece, so people are like, wow, let's get that exposure. But in a in a company, let's recognize that everybody has their brilliance to share and and really you know value that and you know allow that creativity to cause that positivity in the culture. I'm loving it. I'm loving that, and I'm loving you, Deborah. Thank you so much for taking time out being with me today. Uh, I mean, come on, you know, here's a lady, ladies and gentlemen, that her book is a gift at the Emmys. Come on, uh, you can't get much higher than that. This book is the Renegade Leader. Uh, and uh, give me the web address again, Deborah. Well, my web address is therenegadeleader.com. The book is on Amazon and will soon be followed by Running in High Heels this summer. Oh, fantastic. And so we're going to all be, include the guys too. We're just going to cross it all over and just make it one thing. All the guys and gals will be running in high heels, okay? <laughs> I, I, I think that could make it a little bit fun. That would create that some fun. <laughs> Who knows? You know, so that, would, that book would be at the Grammys or something. I don't know. The uh, thank you, love, for being with me, and I want to invite you. I definitely want you to come back, and let's talk about that, that next wonderful piece of work that you have coming out. Sounds great. Great to be with you. All right. Take care, Deborah.